0: Welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast, where we discuss business solutions to help listeners develop and implement action plans for true lean process improvement. I am your host, Patrick Adams. Hello and welcome to Episode 2 of the Lean Solutions Podcast. My name is Patrick Adams, and I want to thank you for joining me today as I talk about continuous improvement blockage, struggling with stuck people. How many of you uh, deal with people that just seem to be stuck where they are, right? As, an, as a consultant coming in from the outside and also uh, working internally as a plant manager, as a value stream manager, I have dealt with many stuck people in my life. And uh, today I just want to talk to you a little bit about you know, maybe some ways to, um, to work with these people that seem to be stuck, Right? So, in my travels around the world, I have spent time in many airports. There have been many times where flights were delayed and caused shorter than expected connection times. In fact, I remember a time when my plane arrived at a connecting airport and I had literally about five minutes to make it from what seemed to be Uh, A-1 in the airport to Z-99. I mean, it was a long distance across the airport to make this connecting flight, which I only had five minutes. Um, I don't know if any of you can relate, but uh, at this point, you know, I had basically three choices, right? First, I could simply just miss my flight. Um, And if anyone of you knows me, you know that that's just not how I work, right? I'm going to make this flight, no matter what. I'm going to do it. Uh, The second thing that I could do is... I could call upon one of those uh, those golf cart vehicles to move me through the airport. Again, not really an option for me. So this left me with one plausible choice. Button up my suit coat, pull up my trousers, hold my computer bag close to my chest, grasp tightly the handle of my roller carry-on, and run as fast as I could through the airport, weaving in and out of people, and make my connection. Uh, so. Again, those of you that fly a lot know when you, when you deboard the plane, you have to sit and wait for a few minutes for the people in front of you to, to deboard and then obviously you're deboarding. So as I waited in line to deboard the plane, I prepared myself for this journey ahead. Right, I'm getting, getting myself pumped because I need to make this flight. Then just as I stepped off the plane, I entered into an all-out sprint across the airport. Uh, while I'm running, I noticed that there were others in the airport who, have made, who had made the same choice. So they're sprinting right alongside me. Um, and by the time that I'm passing sections M and N, I got sweat running down my face. My suit coat had come unbuttoned. My collared shirt was untucked and soaked with sweat. My arms were ready to fall off from carrying my two bags along, alongside me. Um, and if I had hair, uh, it would have been a complete mess. And then I saw something that I would never forget. It was like a light shined down from above. Everything inside of me jumped for joy. It was a moving walkway. How many of you can relate? In fact, I could see going forward, these moving walkways ran all the way down the middle of the airport. Could it be that I would actually make this flight? I entered the moving walkway still on a sprint and gained a lot of ground very quickly. Then, out of nowhere, I noticed a blockage up ahead. There were others stopped, and it seemed to be that they were patiently waiting to move through this blockage. And of course, I too had to stop. Now, I understand theoretically, I was still moving forward because of the moving walkway, right? But at this moment, my mind was in full-on speed and efficiency mode. In the first 10 seconds of standing still on that moving walkway, I was calculating the lost time and honestly contemplating jumping the barrier. I'm not kidding you. You see, moving walkways generally move at a slower speed than a than natural walking pace, right? And even when people continue walking after they stepped onto a moving walkway, they tend to slow their pace to compensate, thus moving, thus moving walkways only minimally improve travel times and overall transport capacity. So on that particular day, and in my mind, the only way to fully utilize a moving walkway was to run at full speed. And here I am stuck behind this blockage. However, even though my frustrations were high, I stayed and I waited to get through the jam. Within a few minutes, I came up to the issue that was causing the jam. Two individuals, both holding two very large suitcase carry-ons, that probably should have been checked, but they were standing still in the middle of the moving walkway. People were having to push their way through the two individuals and no matter how politely or not politely, they ask. The two individuals were just not moving. Moving walkways are com- are commonly used in larger airports. Um, as passengers, often with heavy luggage in tow, typically need to walk a considerable distance, right? So passengers get on a moving walkway because they plan to move forward. Like an automobile, passengers expect to move forward when they're using a forward-moving transportation method. What happens when you're in an automobile and you get stuck in traffic? Most of us get frustrated, at least I do. I know I get frustrated. We've entered the automobile to move forward. We entered the moving walkway to move forward. Any inhibitor to us moving forward creates this, these high levels of, free, of uh, frustration. And at this moment, these two individuals were our inhibitor to moving forward. I was frustrated. After a few minutes however I was able to get through the jam and while I was super frustrated I was only I was able to actually make my flight that day. However this experience left me with a vivid example of what happens as a continuous improvement culture begins to spread throughout an organization. Let's imagine for a moment that leadership is fully committed The vision has been communicated correctly. The organization is stable. Now those individuals involved in developing a model area and or maybe a Kaizen event or participants that are in your Kaizen promotion team, they've all stepped onto that moving walkway and they're ready to move forward at a fast pace. They have a vision for where they are going and see the path to get there. With that said, there will always be individuals who are stuck. People who cannot get on board and commit to this new way of doing things. People who are disengaged, sometimes actively sabotaging every single step of the way. Maybe some of those individuals do feel like they're moving forward toward the vision. Maybe they want to appear as though they're moving forward, but in reality, they're standing still. And even still, sometimes, moving much slower than those around them. This can create very high levels of frustration for those who are ready to move forward at a fast pace. If we aren't careful, these frustrations can lead to significant struggles. So, how do we best support and deploy the spread of a continuous improvement culture and get everyone on board and running in the same direction? The work to establish a cohesive and engaged team must begin way earlier, right? Way earlier. In the year 1519, Cortez arrived in the New World with 600 men. And upon arrival, he made history by destroying the ships. This sent a clear message to his men. There is no turning back. Two years later, he succeeded in his conquest of the Aztec Empire. How committed to change are you? Has the vision been communicated clearly and is all of the leadership team aligned and a hundred percent committed? Because the team will know very quickly if leadership is all talk and no action. If Cortez would have arrived in the New world, quickly called an all-company meeting, and said, "Hey, everybody, I am so committed to this conquest that I am going to burn all the ships." But then Maybe he only burned a few of the ships and kept a couple, you know, maybe one or two for the just-in-case scenario, uh, you know, somewhere hidden on the side. What do you think his people would have thought? So when a new leader arrives and calls an all-company meeting and says, I am so committed to this new vision that I am going to attend every 10-minute daily stand-up meeting and I will be out on every Gemba walk every day for 15 minutes minimum. But then to find out, that leader only commits for maybe the first few weeks and then gets caught up in meetings and office time, uh, stuck you know, outside of, of the Gemba. What kind of message does that really send to the team? For continuous improvement initiatives to be sustained, we need a different leadership, t- leadership system. This is where it starts. We need a different management system. If you don't, it's going to fall apart, I promise you. If you manage the same way with the same meetings, the same metrics, you're going to get the same behaviors, beliefs, and the same results. Therefore, unless we change the way that we manage, we will fail at sustaining our continuous improvement initiatives. If you want to succeed at sustaining your initiatives, then you need to manage differently. Leaders need to spend more time outside of their office and conference room, more time with their teams on the Gemba which for those of you that may not know is the place where value-add work is being done. Once leadership commits to spending more time with their teams at the Gemba, leaders can begin by creating a complete dissatisfaction with the status quo. The leadership team should never be comfortable with the status quo. They should ask their teams constantly, what's next? How can we make things better? What do we need to improve your work area today? Uh, What can I do to help you remove roadblocks? Right? All of those questions are gonna be necessary in order for the team to feel uncomfortable with the status quo. They need to always be looking at how they can improve, how they can innovate, how they can experiment to make things better. Organizations should be focused on turning ideas into new and improved processes to create improved uh, or expand business capabilities. The goal is to create an organization that learns, improves, and innovates permanently. As we develop this constant dissatisfaction with the status quo, we create an enormous organizational capacity to generate new ideas and solutions all the time. And like I said, leaders have to help remove roadblocks and follow up. Always celebrating on every improvement, no matter what size. When you do this, when leadership manages in this way, those people who are stuck will either get unstuck really fast and decide to develop and grow with the company or they may decide that this isn't the place for them and they might move along to somewhere that allows them to stay stuck right when the groundwork is laid correctly from the beginning and leadership is committed to a new way of doing things the forward moving walkway becomes a super highway the blockage is cleared and the team is free to move forward very fast with improvements small simple improvements over time can result in a massive organizational transformation. James Watkins said, a river cuts through rock, not because of its power, but because of its persistence. As a leadership team, how persistent are you? How committed are you? This is an important question, consider it. Hey everybody, remember, keep it simple, keep it visual, and continue to improve. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lean Solutions Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please give us a review. Thank you so much.